0: Welcome to the Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With the Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark here, research analyst with Money and Markets with your Bull and the Bear podcast. Remember, if you have any uh, comments or questions or stocks you'd like us to take a look at, just email us at the bull and the bear at moneyandmarkets.com. Now, on with today's podcast, you know we're just two weeks away from waking up from one of the most contentious elections in modern history. Now, I'm not here to talk about candidates or platforms or anything like that or tell you who to vote for or endorse anyone. I don't do that. I'm not, not going to start now. But instead, I like to look at trends. And I don't mean election trends. More specifically, what trends tell us about the future? It's not really an exact science per se, but it can give us a good look into what we could expect. It gives us a pretty high probability of what we what we might see uh, in the future. And for today, I want to take a look at the history of the stock markets and how they have performed after a presidential election. I think it'll give pretty good insight in, into what we investors can expect after election day. Now, I poured over a lot of research uh, and, and looked at a lot of years of stock market performance compared to presidential elections. What I found was actually pretty, inter- pretty interesting. Well, let me get into that. First, I want to take a look at how markets perform when a particular party won the White House. Uh, and thanks to the research of Fidelity's uh, Director of Global Macro, uh, Julian Turner, we can see the impact different scenarios had on the first two years and through the end of the first term of a particular presidency. When you look at the first two, we look at the first two years separately, just because that leads up to midterm elections when Congress can shift power pretty rapidly. So what I do is I look at the first two years of a presidency, and then I look at the overall four years of a, of a term. Now, in the first two years following a Republican win, the market goes up on the average of about 8.3%. And that's compared to about a 5.8% gain if a Democrat wins the White House. There's a common misnomer here that markets fare better when Republicans win the White House compared to a Democrat. And in the short term, there is a little bit of validity to that. However, over the course of a four-year term, it's absolutely not correct. In fact, markets gain an average of 8.8% over a four-year Democrat term compared to 8.6% over a four-year Republican term. And if we factor in congressional elections, it's about the same story. When Republicans sweep the White House and Congress, uh, the average gains over the first two years is about 12.2%. With Democrats' sweep, those gains are just 3.4%, so it's a pretty significant, uh, pretty significant uh, wide variance there in those first two years. But again, if you take the entire four years, uh, the advantage virtually disappears as, over, as overall average gains for Republicans is 8.6% and 8.2% for Democrats. So it really mitigates itself when you look over a course of a longer period of time. But what happens if there's a gridlock election where one party wins the White House, but another party controls either or both houses of Congress? Well, according to Turner's studies, when a Republican wins the White House but does not have a majority in Congress, the stock market gains about 1.1%. That's it. And when a Democrat wins the White House but doesn't control both houses of Congress, those gains are 14.5%. That's pretty significant. So look at it this way. If you have a Republican in the White House, but you've got Democrats controlling either the House or the Senate or both, gains in the market are 1.1% on the average over the last multitude of presidential elections. When the op- when it's the opposite, when a Democrat wins the White House but does not control both houses of Congress, then that gain is 14.5%. So that's pretty significant. That's a 13.4% swing. Now, over four years, the return gap narrows to about 8.7% with a Republican in the White House compared to 10.9% with a Democrat. So it's really very interesting whenever you look at all that and factor all that together. The big thing here, as I said, it's kind of a false misnomer. It's false to assume that, that markets are going to move higher with a Republican compared to a Democrat in the White House. That's not meant to influence you in terms of how you vote. It's just straight, straight fact. Now, of course, in the short term, it is actually accurate. When a Republican wins the White House, short-term gains in the markets are actually higher, but those are mitigated over the course of a four-year term, and that could be for a multitude of reasons. Congress could shift power, uh, you know, markets stabilize, whatever the you know other things could factor into that. Uh, U.S. Bank illustrated the different election scenarios between the White House and Congress, and what it means for the markets. And basically, if you look at a White House controlled by Democrats, a, a a House of Representatives controlled by Democrats and a Senate controlled by Republicans, which is what we which is um, you know one of the scenarios we could see after election day. Uh, the likelihood of that is is medium. It means you're going to see a lot of political gridlock, which is uh, obviously much more common now in washington than than before, but it's still very market friendly. In fact, the conclusion they came up with, and I happen to agree with is that. Only a Democrat or Republican sweep of the presidency and Congress will create some short-term market volatility. Other than that, you're going to see a relatively stable market, friendly, uh, market being friendly to investors. So only in, a sw- only in a complete sweep do we see some short-term volatility. Any other scenarios where it's one party controls the House and the White House, and another party controls the Senate or any combination of those, then it's still very market-friendly. All of the scenarios may create that political gridlock that we've seen happen so often over the last several years in Congress, but it would still be market-friendly. Markets can be moved by other things that are election-related, not just who wins or loses. Take a look at the 2000 presidential election. If you look at the S&P 500 index value between November of 2000 and September of 2000, there was a ton of volatility in the markets, and because this was a contested election that wasn't really resolved until well after Election Day. It wasn't until December of 2000 that Vice President Al Gore conceded the election to then Texas Governor George W. Bush. This was after the Supreme Court had weighed in on recounting ballots in the state of Florida. And you can see by the chart, the market volatility was pretty robust. The the, the S&P 500 fluctuated more than 11% in two months, from up to down 11%. That's pretty significant. After Gore's concession, however, the market then started to tick upwards again. I would compare that to the 2008 election when then-Illinois Senator Barack Obama defeated Arizona Senator John McCain for the presidential nomination. The S&P 500 index between November of 2008 and December of 2008, there was a slight dip, um, but you have to remember that there were other economic factors at play, most notably a nationwide recession. But even just a few weeks after Election Day, the markets started to smooth themselves out. The takeaway here is markets don't really care for a lot of uncertainty. And that's evident by the market moves following the 2000 election. The outcome was in doubt more than a month after the ballots were cast. Fast forwarding that to today, we're looking at an election cycle that's not only contentious, which isn't really germane to how the markets will react, but one where mail-in and advanced balloting are setting record paces. Mail-in ballots could take longer to count and don't all come in by and counted on election day. This means it could be days before we have a winner declared, especially considering the number of ballots that are being cast by mail. It could create some additional uncertainty in in the markets until those results are complete. If there's any contention about those results, the odds are even more for uncertainty. And that uncertainty could last a month or two or even longer, depending on how long that, that election uncertainty lasts. So it's not necessarily that a Republican or Democrat will win. It's whether things are settled. That's what the market likes. The market likes things that are settled and normal all things considered. When you have flux, when you have uncertainty, markets tend to react very wildly. However, if that happens, I can see that that uncertainty lasting. I can see the markets fluctuating pretty wildly. I don't know if we'll see an 11% swing as we did in 2000, um, but we could see swings if if things aren't handled very smoothly um, from November 3rd all the way through until the end of the year. However, I I see markets stabilizing and returning back to form regardless of who wins. It doesn't, it's not going to matter a whole lot. You can talk about policy, you can talk about regulation, you can talk about a lot of things, but history just doesn't suggest that there is an advantage one way or another or that markets will react one way or the other depending on who wins the White House and who wins control of Congress. If the market drops precipitously after the election, it's going to be more because of an uptick in coronavirus infections and more lockdowns and less to do with who occupies the White House come January. In the end, it's maybe difficult to predict who's gonna win the election, but it's much easier to kind of use historical data to understand how the market is going to respond. I don't expect a significant market drop or gain no matter who wins on election day. Um, I I think the only thing that's going to play a factor there is if there's any election uncertainty, that's really it. No matter who wins Congress, no matter who wins the White House, I think markets are going to remain fairly stable. We we may see a, a slight drop or a slight uptick, but again, I think you have to consider other outside forces, not just an election. That's really all I have on the 2000 election and the stock market. By the way, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say you know, I wanted to make sure that you guys get out and vote, uh, you know, whether that's by mail, whether that's by absentee, whether that's by uh, you know, standing in, in some of the lines for early voting, if that's available in your state, or whether you get out on election day and vote. Just make sure you vote. Um, who you vote for is, is, is your right. and It's your business. You don't have to tell anyone who it is. Uh, and I certainly don't, I don't tell anyone who I vote for and, uh, uh, and you know, I suggest you do the same. Now make sure you check out our, our YouTube channel. Uh, just head over to youtube.com and type in money markets in the search bar. We'll have be the one with the green logo. You'll see there's actually a bull and the bear, which is kind of cute. Um, and make sure that you hit the, you, you subscribe. And then after that, you'll see a, a little bell that comes up that allows you to get notified, hit that and you get notified every time we release a new video. If you have a question uh, you know, or comment or anything like that, you can do so. You can do that by emailing us at the the Bull and Bear at moneymarkets.com or you can leave a comment on our YouTube channel just below. I'm gonna leave you a question on our YouTube channel about the election, what you think markets will do after election day. Just make sure you check that out and leave an answer. You can answer as broadly or, or as, as narrowly as you'd like. Um, if you want to listen to the Bull and the Bear uh, on, on, a, on a podcast channel, you can do so on your favorite podcast indicator. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and a wealth of others. Make sure you subscribe and get alerted every time a new podcast is released, no matter what, uh, what you're listening to. Uh, leave us a comment or a review on any of those platforms. We'd love to see your feedback. Again, if you want a particular stock or sector you'd like us to look at, just email us at the the and Bear at moneyandmarkets.com. Coming up uh, this week, uh, we'll have Money Markets Chief Investment Strategist, Adam Oje- O'Dell. He'll join me along with contributor, Charles Sizemore. We'll pick into a couple of stocks and take a look at what you think, uh, what, what you need to know uh, about whether they're ones to buy or wants to stay away from. We'll also have our Marijuana Market Update and our week ahead coming out as well. We've got some other videos in the works too, so make sure you can stay tuned to our YouTube channel and find out what those are. Until then, this is Money and Markets Research Analyst, Matt Clark, host of The Bull and the Bear, as well as the Marijuana Market Update and the week ahead. And uh, I'm wishing you all safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.